This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, teaching you each episode about holistic retirement planning. Hello and welcome once again to the Retire Happy Podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside John Amarino. Hey, John, how are you doing this week? Good. How are you, Walter? Oh, I am doing well. It is uh, actually pouring down rain right now as we record, so I hope that the thunder and the rain doesn't uh, pour through. You like that pun? Uh, pour through the microphone yes. as we record today. <laughs> well, not here in beautiful Southern California. It's a uh, actually it's a hot day. I think we're high nineties today. So, Ooh. but very sunny as usual. Yep. Yep. Always good weather in San Diego, I, uh, I'm sure. Well, we've got a great show on the way for today's program. We're going to dive into some good conversations today. Uh, we've got a great question from Tom on the mailbag that we're going to cover. And here's what's on Tom's mind. He's wondering about what kind of annual return he should be seeking in his investments. So we'll dive into that question a little bit later on. We're also going to talk about not just working with the wrong financial advisor. And we're going to tell you more about why this is our conversation today to give you some context in a few moments, but why people make excuses for sticking with the wrong advisor for so long. It's actually a really common problem. We're going to dive into that a little bit on today's program. It's actually going to be a two-part series that we cover a little bit today, and then on the next podcast, we'll have part two of that conversation as well. So stick around for that uh, coming up here in just a few moments. But first, it's time to see what's happening in the news. Extra, extra, read all about it. So as we record this episode, John, the uh, Dow has you know gone up and down this particular week. In fact, you know many of the headlines showcase an 800-point drop in one day amid fears that a re- uh, recession is now imminent. And this whole buzzword called the uh, inverted yield curve seemed to make a whole bunch of news for a couple of days and. I don't know. It got my head scratching seeing the, the the big headlines of the drop and everything. Everybody seems to be kind of that run around with your chicken with your head cut off kind of mentality. And then this this word just gets casually thrown around, inverted yield curve, as if everybody's supposed to know what in the world that means. I'm hoping you can kind of clarify for us what, what's been going on in the news. Yeah, the, uh, the 800 point drop, the worst drop of the year. Obviously, no one likes losing money. No one wants to see the Dow drop, uh, you know, a couple percentage points in one day. But we've talked about it before, the fear inducing um, that the media does because that makes money. You know, the inverted yield curve is really is when, you know, the two year treasury is higher than the 10 year treasury. That's when it's considered an inverted yield curve. And and over the history, the inverted yield curve has been considered as a highly regarded recession indicator um, because it did precede the last few recessions and the news was blasting that all week, 2007, 2007. But you know, not all yield curves, uh, inversions lead to a recession. And the indicator has given several false signals. Um, so we always tell people just be a lo- little judicious. Um, you know, right now, the case of today, there is no overheating economy and inflation has been stable. You know, the Federal Reserve last month reduced short-term interest rates and is expected to reduce them further in months ahead. And that action is actually likely to correct the inversion and normalize the yield. So this gets back to a point that we're always going to make. No one knows what's going to happen with the markets. Um, no one, you know, Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers and a lot of pundits were caught off guard in 2008. So no one has a crystal ball. Um, plan for bad times. Uh, we always talk about this. Plan for bad times. Uh, know when, uh, how much you can lose if the market goes down. And if you have that plan and you can stick to the plan, it'll, you'll you'll be off, better off on the long term. So you know, I'm going to go with what I've heard with the analysts. Hopefully the next Fed does. Uh, 
reverse the the inversion and uh, we can get back to you know a steady market. I, I think overall though we're going to continue to see volatility through the through the next election though. Yeah, I think that uh, seems like the writing is on the wall for that, right? There's going to be uncertainty with the election and we all know from what you've taught us before, John, what happens when there's uncertainty in the political world, it leads to uncertainty in the markets and markets don't like that. So <laughs> it's right. It seems like a good prediction or I know you're not, not prognosticating, but uh, a good interpretation of maybe what's to come is certainly you know, interesting. And, and, and the big thing is you can, you can hear it, you know, just turning on the TV, how many doom and gloomers are out there and how, you know, there's been people pounding on the pavement since 2011 that next year the market's going to crash. Well, you know, if you if you panicked like that and you didn't have a plan or you didn't follow your plan, you lost out on another six years of growing your money. So have your plan, stick to it and make sure you feel comfortable with your investments and the risk that are in. And if, if not, then it's a good time to rebalance your portfolio. Great point, John. So that's what's happening in the news. And I know that it's on a lot of people's minds. So we wanted to make sure that we certainly touch on it here on the podcast when those kinds of things come up. If your advisor isn't talking to you about what's happening in the market, what's going on in the world, they're not helping provide some perspective to what's going on uh, with your finances on the larger scale, uh, that might be a good question to ask them. Why? Why don't you address this? Why won't you educate us about what's happening? A lot of the times we find that people aren't working with the right advisor, John. And we've done shows before that have talked about like some red flags that maybe you're not working with the right advisor. We wanted to take some time on today's show and on the next program as well in a two-part series to analyze why some people make excuses for sticking with the wrong advisor. So this will be a great fit for somebody who's maybe ever thought to themselves, I don't know if the person I'm working with is right for me, or I even have an inkling that this isn't the right advisor for me, but here's why I'm staying with them. We're going to cover some of the popular excuses that we hear and why folks may need to kind of reevaluate these excuses, kind of peel the layers back a little bit on these conversations. And John, I think you have an interesting background here. We were talking before we started recording the podcast today about this topic and also kind of how it, it hits home for you. This kind of we're not trying to dump on all other advisors out there by any means with this show, but you've seen real life applications of how advisors don't often operate with the best interest of the client in mind, and it even caused a career change for you. Yeah, I, I mean, you do see, you know, advisors that, quite frankly, I scratch my head at some of the portfolios I've seen. You know, I I, I make it a point not to Monday morning quarterback or or really, uh, you know, trash a person's existing advisor. I don't try to compare myself to other advisors. I just try to be the best advisor I can be. And quite frankly, um, when I first started off in this business, the first firm I was with, that was their mantra, right? Show them how bad their current advisor was. And that's just not my style. Um, I don't think it's fair uh, to, to fellow advisors to sit there and Monday morning quarterback when you weren't present in those meetings. But in teaching for the last seven years, I've had a lot of people come up to me and, you know, they're just not getting the advice or the attention that they want from a lot of advisors. And they're volunteering this information to me, right? Their advisors aren't talking about taxes or social security. And why am I talking about all this holistic planning? Um, and their advisors aren't. So, um, you know, that's, I, I do see a lot of that uh, when I teach. 
Exactly. And I think your background here, John, gives us uh, kind of a unique opportunity to explore some of the different excuses that people have, some of the personal reasons that exist for why people will stick with an advisor that they know uh, this advisor maybe isn't a good fit for me. So I'll start you off with, with this one for our first part of the conversation here, John. Let's say somebody comes into the office or you're just meeting with them outside the office. I'm sure you've heard this before. And they say something along the lines of, you know, I don't usually understand much of what my advisor says. I'm always really confused after we meet, but tell you what, I guess money just isn't my thing. So there's kind of like part one to the excuse, but then they also will often have some sort of personal connection as well. But you know what? Our kids were in school together and I know he's a good guy. So there's this assumed trust that's involved. Right. And you know, that's great. My number one goal is to have my clients say, Hey, you know, he, he is a very good guy. I trust that he is doing, you know, that's the foundation of a solid financial advisory relationship. I'll admit, uh, you know, when he's talking about, uh, I don't understand much of, of what he says, you know, I've been at fault to that in the past. Um, and it's one of the biggest things that I work on even to this day is trying to simplify things. I I'm, I'm retooling some of my uh, some of the things that I want to do for my clients to just to give them very short, easy snapshots of what we're doing. You know, have have the pictures or the graphs to help show some of the explanations a little bit better. Um, but financial planning and retirement planning has a lot of moving parts, and it, and it's complex. Now, what you know, I would tell this client is that some of this ownership has to be put on you. You saying that you don't really understand what he says and that you're really confused, but money just really isn't your thing. Well, I would kind of take a step back and say, listen, money has to be your thing. If, if this is retirement, this is your livelihood, you know, this is your life savings. You need to own this and you have to understand what the plan is, what he's saying. You don't have to be an expert at it, um, but you definitely can't be confused. And, and in our office, I make a rule with all my clients. And before we put a plan in, in place, it has to have three requirements, Walter. Number one, it has to solve their concerns. Number two, they have to understand what they're doing and why we're doing it. That's the most important part. And number three, they have to absolutely love what we're doing. And I tell them, if, if you can't answer those in a positive manner that, yes, it does solve a concern. Yes, it, you understand why we're doing it, why it's in your best interest. And yes, I love what we're doing. Then we need to go back and collaborate and figure out why. Because the best time to address these comments and concerns is at the beginning. Um, you know, and some advisors, they do. I mean, it's a very technical world and we get caught up in our sharp ratios and our betas and our standard deviations. And, you know, I think some people might do that to, to show that they're smart. Some people do it because that's they're trying to, you know, explain and that's how they've been taught. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, if if your advisor, if you don't understand it, that's really an onus on you to tell your advisor, listen, I don't understand what we're doing now. If your advisor at that point in time is getting frustrated with you or tells you don't don't worry about it. And believe it or not, I've, I've had people complain to me that, you know, I'm Taught, telling my advisor, I don't understand this plan. It seems very complex. He says, don't worry about it. It will all work out. I don't understand my fees. I don't understand all these taxes. Don't worry about the fees. 
don't worry about taxes, you're making money. Well, then you have some questions of your own that, you know, maybe this isn't the right advisor for you because your advisor should always be reaching to solve any concerns you have. And, and you know, if it is a, a concern about fees, you know, and lack of transparency, you have to be able to say, hey, this is exactly what you're paying and why you're paying for it. You know, if it is about taxes, can we do anything to, to better enhance your tax, uh, you know, status? So, you know, plus our kids were in school together, that, that should really have no bearing. And I always tell people, uh, if you really like your advisor, that's a great start. But ultimately, you have you're the CEO of your family business. Your advisor shouldn't be making decisions with. And and I don't let my clients get away with saying, "Just do what you're going to do." I trust you. No, my job is to educate you, teach you, empower you, and help you make a sound decision. But ultimately, that's your decision to make. It's your life savings. Yeah, it's a great point, John. It doesn't, uh, you're still the boss of your situation. The advisor really should be your employee, right? Yeah, absolutely. If we're looking and, at it through and that that's, lens. You know, they, they should be working for you, not their company. And, you know, if if they are struggling to pull pull away from their advisor, you know, you just, I, I tell people, you need to have some time. You know, this this shouldn't be a knee-jerk reaction. You want to make sure you're making a very calculated and the correct decision, and you should think about it. And, and I'm a big fan of pros and cons lists. And, you know, quite frankly, if you don't understand stuff and they're not willing to change, then, you know, maybe it is best that you make, you know, for your family, you know, make that change. All good points, John. And I think it brings up something that we should all be thinking about. Do you know if you're working with the right advisor? And if you're not, why? Why are you still with that advisor if you know that it's not the right situation? Is your excuse similar to this one in that you get confused? And so you're just going to kind of say, well, they they are better at this than I am. So I'm going to let them drive the bus and not, uh, you know, not interfere. Well, it's one thing to to rely on the expertise and quite another to then, you know, wholeheartedly, uh, you know, just let them do whatever they want without being educated about why things are happening in your portfolio really always needs to be a central part of the process. And also there's that personal connection again of, uh, you know, the, the, hey, our kids are in school together or something like that, you know, and so he's just in general a good guy. Great to have that relationship, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good advisor fit for you. So one good example of those excuses that often get made for working with the wrong advisor. We're going to continue that conversation on the next podcast as well. We've got a couple of other examples and excuses that we've heard before. We're going to tackle those next time around on the show. If you've got questions for John Amarino, uh, you can reach out to him. Talk to him about your financial plan, what you're going through, questions that you might have on your mind. 858-935-6210 is your number to call. That's 858-935-6210. And you can always go online to gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com. Uh, for questions to be submitted through the website or to get in touch uh, via the web there as well. GoSecurus.com. All right, it's time to get to know John just a little bit better as well. It's getting to know you time. It's time for Getting to Know You on the Retire Happy Podcast. This is where we ask random questions to John each and every time to get to know his personality a little bit more. And it's a fun question for you this week, John. Who makes you laugh? Could be comedian, actor, somebody you know personally. Just who, who turns your giggle box upside down? In life, it's my son. 
Jake, uh, you know, he's he's just an absolutely 100% funny and witty kid. You know, he'll just come at us, you know, you'll just be sitting there and all of a sudden he'll just say something and he'll do it to elicit the reaction, but it's hilarious. And, uh, you know, um, I, I think I have probably the most serious toddler in the world, uh, our daughter, Haley, and he can make her laugh on demand. So he's he gets the award. My favorite comedian is actually, I think right now, Sebastian Manasalco, his last comedy show that I watched on uh, Netflix, especially in this day and age, no politics, but we just talked about life. And I, I think I watched it like three times. I was I thought it was hilarious. I'll have to check that one. Is it kind of a friend, family friendly, more, uh, more? Yeah, shtick? yeah, okay. I, I, I think so. Yeah, it's not uh, crude, you know, all the crude humor and, and stuff like right. that. So yeah, it's it's not. I've always uh, liked uh, Jim Gaffigan because kind of similar. You know, doesn't have to be about controversial stuff to be funny. You know. Okay. Well, very nice. So you got uh, sounds like you got a lot of laughter in your life between uh, the comedian bits and having uh, having a comedian in the house too. Yeah, yeah. Jake, Jake's a nonstop riot all the time. Keep it up, Jake. That's what we like to hear. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Well, that sound means it's time to answer one of your questions here on the Retire Happy Podcast. And Tom in Poway has our question this week. Tom says, what kind of annual return should I be seeking on investments in retirement, John? You know, Tom, I would tell you, don't focus so much on the annual return. Um, you know, if you're looking for that eight or 9% big return, you may be taking on a lot more risk. If you're looking at any return at all, the baseline is beat inflation, right? Keep your dollar worth a dollar, um, you know, or, or beat your withdrawal rate, you know, so you don't, you're not running out of money. But ultimately, you just want to achieve your goals. You know, big market losses, if, if, you're, if you're going for that double digit return and, and that's your that's your focus, then you have to understand that big market losses will, will impact you much more than big gains, especially in retirement, especially when you're taking money out, you know, sequence of returns. Um, and I'll just close with this one statement that I could make an argument and I could present a plan that would give you much more peace of mind, which newsflash most retirees want with an efficient, holistically put together plan that looks at, you know, not only investments, but taxes and and income planning. And I could have that plan with a lower rate of return and you would have more peace of mind and you would, and you would have a better retirement plan than just focus on retirement. In all my years, I've never had someone come into my office and say, I just want to beat the S&P 500. 98% of people say, I just want peace of mind and I want to make sure I don't outlive my income. So it's almost like uh, people are focusing on the wrong thing uh, if they're really focusing on that return. It's this is Tom's statement is a little bit more unusual than what you usually get in the office. Is that the idea? Well, I think that just I don't think anyone just wants to beat the market. I think people, you know, are we we've been programmed to focus so much on investments, but in retirement, you just have you you have a lot of other pitfalls that you have to worry about. And, you know, market risk is the big one. And, you know, as as uh, Dalbar states, we're all irrational investors, too. So we make mistakes. So, um, you know, focus on just achieving your goals, making sure, you know, would you rather have a large uh, investment account or would you rather have peace of mind that your retirement plan is going to see you? And if you're married, you and your wife's you know, lifetime through without having to worry. 
so many different things to think about and uh, concerns that people have. We try to address them all here on the program. And thank you, Tom, for submitting your question. If you want to do the same and submit a question to John, you can do that by going online to gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com or give him a call at 858 858- 935-6210. That's 858-935-6210. John, thanks for the help on today's show. I'll look forward to picking up part two of our conversation on the next podcast. All right, Walter, stay dry. Yeah, <laughs> will do. That's John Amarino. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time on the Retire Happy Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Securus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Amarino and guests on this radio show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine and future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered.